Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of the new standard after the bye week. And as always, I have my partner to the left. What's up, Big Neil? Rested and refreshed after the bye week, Lance. As always, it's good to get a little uh, a little time away, even if it isn't really time away at all. It just kind of feels like it. You don't have that stress, that anxiety coming from a Sunday. Uh, I just kind of sat back and did my job as usual. I, again, I, I guess not a whole lot really changed. So I'm pretty much the same. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Made a trip back east to Massachusetts. Uh, saw my daughter at school. And, and that was great. So it, it was great getting away from it. Uh, seeing her in her element at school. At, uh, so it was great. It was great. You know, anytime uh, you know, we get a chance to step away. It's always a good thing. Football season, much more stressful and busy uh, for you, but busy for me as well in my own special way. If you want to participate to the program, welcome everybody who's joining us this morning. Go to YouTube, do a search for the new standard. Also, hit that like and subscribe button. Also, depending on how you get your podcast, you can do a search for the new standard and Steelers as well. Pick up the West. Pick up to Ali uh, and pick up to everybody else who has joined us. Pick up the mail, pick up to Felicia, big up to all of Steeler Nation. The bye week, baby. The bye week, Neil. Let me let's jump right into it. The bye week. What what changes do you expect to see on each side of the ball uh, after this bye week? Well, first, um, it, news broke yesterday. Uh, the Steelers are looking to part ways with veteran cornerback Desmond King. Uh, it seems he is on his way out uh, in Pittsburgh for whatever reason that might be. A lot of people are going to say, I think that the speculation uh, probably would be correct, that uh, you can expect to see uh, Joey Porter Jr. with a, a, a much um, a much larger role than what he has had. And perhaps that was the plan all along. Um, along with that, though, um, the Eagles signed defensive back Josiah Scott off the Steelers practice squad, and the Steelers signed – I've been digging for this for the last 30 seconds if you wondered why I was distracted. I forgot the guy's name. Um, a cornerback from the Chiefs, Chiefs <laughs> something rush, um, a pretty highly regarded um, cornerback from what I saw. He would be added immediately to the 53-man roster, so – uh, that would probably account for uh, Desmond King's uh, imminent departure. So uh, that is one area I think we might be able to see um, or at least should be looking for because um, we don't know exactly what that rotation would be or you know what the ripple effect would be. Are they going to move Patrick Peterson inside? Is that a benching for Chan and Sullivan as well? Is it a depth move or is it just a younger player and they don't want King anymore? Do they want King to be on the practice squad? Lots of different things that they could do here. Um, not exactly Darius Rush, thank you. Not exactly sure uh, what that will be, but that's certainly something to look at. Along with that, who will their starting left tackle be? Um, that's that's interesting. <laughs> that that um, is interesting, and I'm glad I'm glad you segued into that because I wanted to discuss that, but also I wanted to discuss a couple of comments from Mason Cole, and, and Mason Cole kind of echoed what we said about the bye week that it's just about tweaks. It's about tweaks. It's about correction. It's about examining the film. It's about getting better. 
in, in the details. Um, and so, the, again, when you look at both sides of the ball, particularly the offensive side of the ball, I mean, that is good to hear because you can only – well, I'll take that back. You can go down. Hopefully you can only go up considering uh, where this offense. But let's switch to Dan or Brojo. Is it? I'm 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 mystified. I I I fully acknowledge the fact that coaches know seven thousand one million percent more than me. They actually know much more of what they're looking at when they're looking at field. They know what they want the players to do, how the players to execute it, so on and so forth. But for the life of me, I, I can't wrap my head around. Dan Moore being the starter again, particularly after Brojo played against the Ravens. I I honestly, I don't have anything to, to go off of for this. This is not a report or anything like that, but I think the answer is pretty obvious. I think all it really means is that Dan Moore was given uh, something of an opportunity to reclaim his starting job considering he lost it due to injury. I, I think that's the only thing that this is. I think, you know, we're, we're recording this uh, Wednesday morning before their second practice, or at least the report of their second practice. I, I am fully confident that Broderick Jones is going to be at running first team reps uh, today in practice. He didn't on, um, well, it, did they practice yesterday? I, they shouldn't, right? It was Tuesday. Did I see that Tuesday? Either way, Jones is going to start the game Sunday. But I, I see some value for Mike Tomlin and his staff to kind of indirectly tell everybody, you are not flat going to lose your job uh, if you get injured. If you were a starter before you got hurt, you're going to be brought back as the starter. Now, are you going to stay that way the rest of the week? That remains to be seen. Um be, the reason I say that is because there's absolutely no reason to think after Project Jones' performance last in, in their last game that he would not continue to start. I think that battle is over. I think that battle was over when they traded up to draft him at 13 overall. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. There's no argument here. Uh, he showed that he could play, and that's the direction that you need to go. It's 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 as simple as that. But there is something to be said about sending the message to the team: we're not just going to put a rookie in here. They're doing the same thing with Porter, or at the very least, maybe the plan was to wait until after the bye week, give them some time to kind of work their way up. They're not just going to throw them out there right away. The reason I say this is because Mike Tomlin put a lot of rookies out over the last several years. It's been a while since uh, the last, truthfully, the last Steelers first round draft pick who did not start in week one uh, was David DeCastro, and that's because he was on injured reserve. Other than that, it was Cam Hayward the year before that when they didn't play rookies at all. Since then, even Jarvis Jones played right away. You know, it, it, Bud Dupree played right away. These were players that didn't look like they were exactly ready for the big stage right away. This year, they didn't seem to want to do that, with the exception of George Washington, but I did it again. God damn it. <clears throat> with the exception of Darnell Washington. Uh, the rookie tight end who who started in 12 personnel, if you want to, you know, if they're coming out for the first play of the game in that package, then yes, technically he started the game. It's not really the point. 
He plays a lot, and it's not that Porter didn't play a, a, a reasonable amount. They're obviously building them up, and I think this is just a move to tell everybody that's watching this a lot more closely than we are. We're not there in practice. We're not there in meetings. Uh, they're saying the veteran gets the benefit of the doubt. Champion versus challenger, and the veteran's going to be the champion, and they'll figure it out this week. That said, Lance, I'll be absolutely shocked, and we'll have a few things to talk about following the game against the Rams if Dan Moore is starting at left tackle. I, I, I don't see a world in which that happens, but it's getting harder and harder to figure out what this team's doing on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, maybe it's the, the good old – uh, Mike Tomlin Jedi mind trick that he's so intelligent that he, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I love your explanation for it. I, 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 I okay. I mean, I guess that does mean something uh, in locker rooms that you're just not going to give a guy's position away because of injury. I get that. That's always been sort of the mantra since I've been watching sports, you give a guy an opportunity to earn his position back, quote unquote. Let's jump into one real question before we shift off of uh, the BJ pause, Brojo versus Dan Less uh, battle. Uh, to, to a comment from Ali Howard, Species 5618, he said, The biggest thing I saw was Jones still not independently punching like Myers teaches. You see that on film at all, Neil? You want to get into punching? What what offensive lineman is punching? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mason Cole isn't doing that. He still starts. Um, he, he, yes. I, I I that's that's a good comment. Uh, that's a fair comment. Um, it's also I'll I'll play devil's advocate of my own argument. It's also one game. Um, we shouldn't, you know, exactly be clearing a path for Jones to the Hall of Fame just yet. Um, one game technique is a thing that needs to be learned to, to do the things that they need to do. I didn't notice a whole lot given to, to, uh, Brojo in his start to say that they really had to protect him. They had to scheme around him a lot. I thought they were pretty aggressive with him and I thought that he, uh, uh, held up to that pretty well. Um, if we get into the nuts and bolts of it, yes, there are things like that, that a coach might say, we can't fully do what we want to do if he's not able to do this. Um, I, I just would simply argue that why'd you trade up to draft him then? You know, if this is there, there comes a point you got to get him on the field, um, and it's it's on you if he doesn't know those things, Pat Meyer. So uh, for me, I'm not sure if that's a great excuse, but I could see that that um, I could see in the future us hearing uh, uh, you know a, an unnamed report uh, that suggests something along those lines if he doesn't start but i will say overall this only adds logs to the fire that i'm starting here as far as making sure everybody knows you're not getting anything for free here if that's a motivational tactic for jones to say get on your mop and get to work this week you don't we're not making you the starter just because you played well in one game i see the value in that i really do kind of a head game thing some people will probably get annoyed by that but for, for an offense that isn't moving the ball to save its life might not be the best idea to, to kind of get into this pissing match between your, your first round pick and arguably the worst offensive lineman to play in the NFL over the last two years. I'm not sure that that's a hill I want to die on if I'm the Steelers, but <laughs> I, I could see why they're doing it. 
Yeah, apps absolutely. Let let's switch reels. Let's jump into Neil. Give us an update on the Steelers' injury situation. From reports, there's a lot of guys potentially coming back for this game. Uh, Deontay Johnson, McFarland, uh, Fryer move possibly. It's looking like the Steelers are getting healthy at the right time. What are you hearing? I think it really it it it. The biggest thing that's going to come from the Steelers this week is the return of Deontay Johnson. Um, on this show, Lance, during the offseason, many times, one thing I said in defense of the offense was it's been long enough. They have enough experience. They have a, a, a continuous offensive line with the same coach coming back. Now is the time that they need to expand what they're doing a little bit. And a big part of that is running combo routes with your receivers. The fact that they all run independently, um, it, it, that often can be seen as you're trying to make it as simple as you can for the quarterback. Quarterback has experience. He has his second training camp. You need to push that a bit. Pickett needs to be forced uh, to get in sync with the receivers, and they need to be a little bit less predictable uh, in what they're doing on a snap-to-snap basis. Johnson goes down pretty quickly into the season. They haven't run combo routes. They're still doing a lot of the same stuff they were doing last year. If the return of Deontay Johnson does not provide something of a lift schematically for the offense, I, I'm completely off the bandwagon forever. I mean, it, it, it's not rocket surgery anymore. You need to be able to do this. And if you're not, then I don't know what to tell you. There's a reason you're scoring 16 points a game. And it's not because you can't run the ball. You don't have any explosion in what you're doing. Fryermuth coming back is going to be good. Another game with, with uh, George Pickens involved in everything is going to be good. Um, Johnson, though, is the, stir, is, is the straw that stirs the drink for the whole thing. Uh, he is the... the the uh, Z receiver, he's the guy that can go in motion. He's the guy that you're trying to set up off of other receivers. If they're not playing the game that way, I don't understand why he's getting 13 targets a game. I don't understand why he has to work 10 times as hard as any other receiver in the game to get 13 targets. You're not helping your star receiver out. And don't argue with me about star, all right? He's good, whatever we want to call him. He's clearly the best receiver on the team. He needs help in order to be effective, like any receiver does. You don't just put him out there and tell him to go. C.D. Lamb isn't just running stuff on his own. They're doing things to set him up. The Steelers don't do that at all, and it's baffling to me why it still isn't the case. Last bastion of credit I was going to give them was inexperience. If they're not ready to do that, if their quarterback it, it, let me explain really quickly. A, a combo route is kind of what it sounds like, but it's timing. And a lot of times it's an option. So if Deontay Johnson is left, George Pickens is right, they're reading the defense. And what they're going to do is dependent upon coverage. So if this guy's here, I'm going to come in. If he's there, I'm going to go long, that type of thing. Pickett has to read that for both of them as well. And all three of them need to be on the same page of what they're going to do. There's a, a factor of experience that comes with that. So if they were unable to last year with two quarterbacks, neither of whom played with the team prior to this season, to last season, I, I, I can understand it. But you had an entire offseason, and there's no way you didn't notice 
the lack of um, continuity within your routes, within your receivers. And beyond Deontay Johnson, they were useless as a group. They did absolutely nothing. So it, it's something that needs to change. It needed to change this offseason. I'm extremely disappointed we have not seen that to this point, but Johnson is really kind of the alpha when it comes to that. You need him in there to do that. So if, if he's back, assuming that he's been around and, and you know it has, has been in meetings and stuff, I feel like if he does play on Sunday – we will see a bit more of that. Now, you know, tune in after the game and listen to my scathing rant if they're not doing that. But I, I feel like Johnson coming back is going to be a huge lift to this team. You know, I want to get into before we shift in, into the breakdown of the Steelers versus the Rams, just into Wes's question. Will he score a TD? That's all I want to know. Let's, I'm, I'm, let's I'm not go t- crazy here. I mean, t- yeah. touchdowns to the Steelers. Calm down, he, okay? He's going to get spanked. We only get one of those a game. Now, I mean, you, you talk about, uh, you know, we're talking about the Jedi mind tricks that coaches play with players to light a fire, motivate, spark, however you want to call it, uh, or send messages to teams uh, about jobs not just being given. Well, uh, players do get spammed in games. And, uh, you know, coaches do sometimes – have a thought that they want to get a guy involved early, late, in the middle of the game, whatever. And so a guy will be spammed, particularly if it's working well. But I look, I look for them to get uh Deontay uh off uh really early in this game. Let me let me let me do this. Let's switch reels into the defensive game keys for the game. Before we do that, Make sure you like and subscribe to the program. What's up, Big Corey Hatcher? Hey, man, you missed it, Corey. You got to rewind the show. We did a lot of uh, talk about Dan Less over Jones. Uh, we think it's going to be uh, Brojo is going to be a starter. Um, that's great. Wow, Steelers freak put, push that, put that out. I didn't realize the Steelers had no rushing tur- uh, TDs for this year. That they had five touchdowns. <laughs> wow, like yes, we can like, probably name them all. <laughs> yes, yes, it's easy. But going into this matchup, the Rams, I believe, are a three and a half point favorite. I'm not surprised at that. This is a matchup in terms of DVOA. Uh, the 20th ranked team versus the 12th ranked team, 12th ranked team being the Rams, 20th, the Steelers. I think this is a nice little matchup offensively. It puts the Steelers defense against another Shanahan acolyte in, uh, in the Rams, do a lot of the similar things, looks a little bit different, a lot of motions, lots of shifts. Uh, you're talking about an offense in the Rams that's fifth in terms of DVOA, Ninth in terms of DVOA in the pass, fifth in terms of DVOA in the rush. The Steelers, as a defense overall, in terms of DVOA are 11th uh, in pass DVOA, ninth rush DVOA, 19th. I think when you look at this matchup again, I think the best thing that the Steelers do is, is rush the passer, and that sets up a nice matchup of TJ Watt and High Smith versus. Rob Havenstein and Alec John Jackson, excuse me. And I think when you look at the matchup of those two players uh, against the tackles, I think it's always an advantage for the most part of the Steelers going into any game um, against any set of tackles. Uh, Havenstein 
is rated 72.7 according to PFF. Jackson is 53.1. I think the advantage is to the Steelers in terms of coverage. And I want to get your perspective, Neil. I, I think this is where the game is going to break down. Uh, and, and you said it there uh, that it's really hard to play Cooper Cup in man and JPJ doesn't see much time in zone. They do a lot of good things in Co with Cooper Cup. They'll have him flexed out to the boundary as the X at times. They'll move him inside in a tight stack. Uh, they move him all over the formation. He's, he's and I think everywhere. The combination of him and Nakua Matata is a very, very, very tough combination to stop. Cup already is getting it in. Rated uh, the number just five wide receiver. Injury. Keep that in mind too. He just back, back and off of injury. Blew up right away. Uh, the guy's the guy's great. I mean, he's 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 and so you're talking about a secondary of Wallace Peterson and Sullivan, uh, the nickel corner against Cup and Nakua. I think that's a huge matchup uh, advantage for the Rams. How do you think the Steelers will address uh, handling? Uh, a cup in the cool. How do you think the Rams will try to attack the Steelers? Will it be trying to isolate cup on Wallace in combinations using the motions to shift to kind of test the communication of the back end? How do you think the Rams will attack the Steelers secondary? I, successfully. I, I think <laughs> yes, yes. it's the Rams offensively are a really bad matchup for the Steelers defense when it, especially when it specifically when it comes to the passing game and it's largely because they can use cup anywhere on the field that makes it really hard to play man against him um Porter you can kind of think of him from what we've seen to this point as kind of a man specialist uh down a distance um it's situational kind of a player when they're going to play man in obvious man situations they're comfortable with him doing that they're not going to be able to do that much with Cooper Cup unless you're going to have Porter follow him all over the field. And that's red meat to, to Sean McVay. If they know what you're doing, it's not going to take much for them to pick apart everybody else that's out there because it's almost worse to have one good cornerback and a group of bad ones beyond that because when the one cornerback would do anything out of the ordinary, you know exactly what everybody else is doing. When they play Cup in zone, he isn't he can still be explosive anywhere but when they play him in zone he's gonna get a lot more stuff down the seam um off of uh it, I'm, I'm trying to get to this point i'm just gonna jump to it if deontay johnson was on the rams he would dominate <laughs> he's the perfect receiver for what they do yeah and cup is kind of an embodiment of that cup is is a little bit bigger he's a little bit more physical uh better receiver overall but johnson um, in playing in concert with everybody else who's there, his ability to get open, his ability to read zone, sit down, uh, make plays over the top, he can do all of that. He doesn't do any of it in Pittsburgh because that's not what they run. But the Rams' offense is built in, in such a way uh, they have enough weapons to make you pay if you are kind of stagnant in one area. The key thing is going to be uh, getting to Matthew Stafford, as was brought up before which is the key to every game with the Steelers defense. It's almost as if the Steelers don't believe in anything other than the pass rush. It's all they can do well. Um, 
you never know how that's going to turn out. Now, I, I will also say this. I've been wrong most of uh, my specific predictions of what I've thought going into a game. I will give Tomlin credit for typically kind of coming out stronger after a bye um, than the team was before it. The Rams are not a great team overall. They just have a very – it looks to me like a very advantageous matchup uh, with their passing game against the Steelers' secondary. And I'm not 100% sure what the Steelers will do. I don't know if they changed a bunch of stuff. Uh, if they want to go straight up man against them, okay, um, roll it out there, let's play. I'd almost rather see that than what they have been doing because Cup is dangerous and he can have a big game. Um, Nakua is, is a solid player within – their scheme within their system. There's a lot of different things he can do. They've coached him up very well. I mean, Rams, bottom line, the Rams are what a really good coached football team looks like. Talent-wise aside, they're tough to beat in, in a lot of ways. And the Rams playing at home, a little bit more consistency than the Steelers having to fly all the way over there. I, I Honestly, I think their offense is going to have a pretty nice day. I, I think the Steelers are going to have to get five sacks if they want to uh, uh, kind of impose their will defensively upon L.A. in this. And I think this is a tackling game, too. All games are tackling games, but particularly against a Rams team. Short stuff. Short stuff, getting the ball out, running. They're going to have to tackle really well in this game. And it was brought up in the comments, I believe, by Wes. Kyron Williams, starting running back for the Rams, is out. That might be a bad thing for for the Steelers because it might mean they spread the Steelers out and spam the passing game and, and see just how the Steelers will handle it. Let's switch sides real quickly to the offensive side of the football. How do you deal with Aaron Donald in this game? Aaron Donald, Mason Cole sounds like, I, I, yeah, that, that, that. It's one of those things where it's like this matchup is so one-sided from what we've seen to this point, it, it's laughable. Um, Cole, Cole has completely fallen off. Um, he's not starting level anymore. I don't think there's anything else they can really do about it, but, and you're going to play in, in, it wouldn't be hard to argue. Aaron Donald is legitimately one of the three best defensive players ever to play the game. And he's still at that level. Um, he, he beats the tar out of, Bad, uh, out of really good centers um they're going to have to double team him obviously if not triple team him uh they're gonna have to move the pocket they're gonna have to get him horizontal uh there's a lot of things they're gonna have to do it's not just going to be mason cole but there are situations in which it probably will third and one if you want to run the ball your center needs to get off and get a body on uh the the, the one technique if they put donald there three technique he might have to reach that that's a problem. The Steelers are not going to be able to contain him um, from what we've seen to this point. Now, a lot of, a lot of things can change. Um, I've been wrong enough that I'm going to couch probably everything that I say, but on paper, if the situations in which you get Mason Cole on Aaron Donald one-on-one, I I don't see Mason Cole winning one of those out of 10. Donald is, is clearly two steps above him. Um, And he's a phenomenal player, nothing against Mason Cole, Aaron Donald doesn't need to face Mason Cole to be the guy that he is. So that's tough. That's a really, really bad matchup uh, for the Steelers as well. They might be able to, to move him. Um, I would think uh, inside zone a lot more than, than usual, maybe some outside zone um, and 
probably more quick passing. I don't think they're going to have the opportunity to go deep in this game. Um, they're, they're really going to have to get Donald to move horizontally uh, to do anything. But you know what? 31 uh, uh, offensive coordinators in the NFL say the same thing before they play Aaron Donald. So uh, we'll see how successful that is. Big up the Steelers freak who's going to the ball game. Uh, my mom lives across the street from SoFi. Uh, big up to you, Steelers freak. Uh, they know the freaks come out at night. You're not going to get messed with, man. Just say, I'm the Steelers freak. The freaks come out at night and put Houdini on the back of your shirt and you will be okay. You're going to my stomping grounds. You'll be all right out there. Just get that Uber and get out of the parking lot as fast as possible. But Steelers freak, man, you got to bring uh, the Steelers back a victory because the freaks come out yeah, at night. It's all on you. It's all <laughs> on you, job. baby. It's your it's on you, freak. You gotta go play man coverage. You gotta you block, go Aaron, block Donald. Aaron Donald. <laughs> you gotta throw the touchdown passes. You gotta run the football. You gotta do anything. But let's get to brass tacks here. Three and a half point dogs. You think that's fair? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's a road game. Um you're not looking at the Rams are are going to be a very different offense with Cup back in there. And this is only week two of them really having Cooper Cup. And it, it's a very beneficial uh, matchup for them at home uh, with the Steelers traveling uh, across the country. They don't typically do well uh, in these games. Uh, see Oakland and previous games against Los Angeles based teams for, for evidence of that. They don't, it, it, I think it, it's on paper in many ways, it's pretty even. I just think that the Rams have uh, a, a, a couple pretty significant advantages that the Steelers are going to have to pay a lot more attention to than they would like. They're not going to be able to do their thing uh, in this game. I, I, I think it'll be pretty well contested, give the Steelers benefit of the doubt coming off of a bye. We saw good things uh, from them coming off of a bye last week. Uh, they're going to need to stand on their head defensively, though. Uh, to me, that, that's really where this is going to come down to. And I think, you know, if, if you can keep the Rams to, to 24, 25, 26 points in that range – uh, you've got a shot at it, but they've got to make some. They got to make some hay on offense, and they haven't done that. So, um, I I don't like the Steelers' chances in this one. Well, let's jump into predictions. That's a great segue into it as we get close to the end of the program. Israelite acquiring knowledge has the Rams twenty one thirteen. I think Wes said if we lose, I think it's because we get smoked thirty five ten. But I think Wes has the Steelers winning. What's your prediction, Big Neil? I I go back and forth on this just because I you know the thing with the Steelers defensively in particular, unless you step on their throat and get way up on them, if you let them hang around the way the Ravens did, they're going to make a play on you. They they'll do that defensively. If it's not T.J. Watt, it's Larry Ogunjobi running twenty yards down the field. It's Minka making a play on a ball in in front of them they can get those kinds of plays. The block a damn punt in the end zone. You know, it's out of nowhere. They'll, they'll make those plays. Um, if it's low scoring, to me, it's really hard to bet against the Steelers. I just I think the Rams have a little bit more uh, explosive opportunity. I'm thinking Rams 27, Steelers 20. That's interesting. Our, our scores... We're we're in sync. It's a symbiotic thing between us. I got the Rams winning 27-17 again. I may not pick the Steelers again this year until I see them score 
three touchdowns offensively in a game. I, I just I, I, I just can't see it. I'm with Corey Hatcher on this one. If the Rams score north of 20, we are hosed. Uh, Noah K has 23-20 Steelers. Here we go. I think that's very plausible. I, you know, I, when I look at the Steelers team, I'm thinking about pass to victory. And I really don't think the Steelers have consistent pass to victory. Uh, for them to get victories, oh. freaky stuff has to happen. Hence, yep. Steelers freak going to the game. So, and, and, <laughs> and freaky stuff happening. You know, you can't count on freaky stuff happening. So, I, I, I'm I'm thinking again, twenty seven seventeen. And Corey Hatcher asked, "What's the highest scoring output for the Steelers this year?" I'm going to say offensively, not counting. Uh, safeties by special teams plays. I think their high water mark is three touchdowns in a game. So I, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, maybe 27 points offensively. I don't think they hit 30 this year. What do you think their high mark is for the year, Neil? You know they always have that 27 point game that makes us really excited. Um, they add on a late touchdown. It's usually kind of turnover based. Looking at what they've got left, I forgot they got the Jaguars. That's interesting. Titans, uh, Packers. I mean, you've got a lot of mid-teams. Then Browns and Bengals, those are both going to be tough games, both on the road. Um, Cardinals, you don't know what you're getting from that team. The Patriots, geez, that'll be a barn burner. Uh, the Colts, probably the same thing. And the Bengals, Seahawks, Ravens, end of the year. Um I you know it, it's hard to say they can't score three touchdowns. I it, it's even harder to say they're going to score four. I would go with three as well, but that's just more happenstance. I feel like it, it's really hard for a team to not score three touchdowns once in seventeen games. It, they just they have to at some point. Uh, who that's going to be against? I don't know. Uh, Tennessee at home. They they always have that really good home primetime game where they put up points, uh, whether it's expected or not. Maybe that's the Patriots that can't stop water from running uphill at this point. Um, I think they could get three point three touchdowns against the Cardinals, Patriots, Titans, Jaguars. I don't think that they will, but I think one of those teams they, they probably would. I can't believe we're even having this conversation. God, this is depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but with that, make sure you hit – the like and subscribe button, Mark's losses comment. Will they ever crack 400 yards under Canada? No, that, 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 that's not, that's you, not. Do you want to bet on it now? I don't. <laughs> You're right. It really should have happened by now, but I, I can't get over that. I say this every week and I'm not even sure if it's still three teams or three times, but every team in the NFL has reached 400 yards and above at least three times. In the span of time, the Steelers haven't reached it once. That's just amazing for a league that is based on parity and has as much turnover as it does. To never reach that mark when everyone else does it, 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 it minimum, minimum 8% of the time. For the Steelers to never do that, it just it shocks me to no end. But then I, I watch them a lot. I yes, really shouldn't and, be surprised and, at all. And exactly. And with that... 
bit of shiny news about the Steelers offense. We are going to conclude the show. I want to thank everybody for hopping into the program. Wes, Mark, Corey, uh, Mel, uh, Felicia, Steelers Freaks, Loss, Osu. Thank you, everybody, for hopping onto the program. Make sure you like it and, and subscribe. We're going to get out of here. Go Steelers. The Steelers hit the West Coast, and you know what that means. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers. <laughs>